It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of the IDP analysts over at FantasyPoints.com. And with me to talk about the very first real football game of the season, Mr. Thomas Simons. Football's here. Football's here. Football's here. (gasps) Football's here. You sound like my dog. (laughs) Man, so... uh, Do I get a treat for that? Fun game, right? That was, wow, that was, a, that was a great so, way to start the season. Awesome way to start the season. That was one heck of a game. Yeah, absolutely. Opened our eyes to a lot of things, too. Yeah. You, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that we've had lots of questions about what Dallas is going to do in their, with their linebacking rotation. Also some questions about um, you know how, how, how to attack Tampa Bay's defense, which which we'll get into. Uh, I'm going to start us off talking about the linebacker rotation. We had mentioned several times on here about how it would look. It looked pretty clear through uh, training camp and preseason that Dan Quinn was going to roll out uh, a new wrinkle to his his defense. Uh, now that he's moved over to Dallas, he uh, I read an article on him saying basically he he spent the offseason kind of retooling everything he had done, kind of you know breaking his defense apart and putting it back together. So that already kind of shows us that we're not going to see the typical Dan Quinn defense that he uh, made popular out of uh, Seattle for all those years. Uh, and one of the things that he leaned heavily on is the fact that he has four, well, he actually has five or six uh, talented linebackers, but he's, he's using four of them in this rotation where you have Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch used on, on running downs or base downs where, where they believe it'll be a running play. Um, and then they're using Micah Parsons and Keanu Neal in nickel or dime or, or passing situations, um, which makes all of them really hard to trust for fantasy. Uh, so we wanted to lay eyes on this because Jalen Smith would have been a, a linebacker one if we did not have this news coming into the season. Uh, so and and Keanu O'Neal might be somebody you would want to have picked up as a as a safety because in Dan Quinn's old defense. Uh, Keanu Neal was a safety and he was a he was a very productive one. So we actually did get to lay eyes on uh, that combination. And that is exactly what we saw. The first snap of the game was uh, uh, was it was it was a nickel snap. And sure enough, it was Parsons and Keanu Neal out there playing linebacker. And then when when it became a running play, we we saw those two switch out for Jalen Smith and um and Leighton Vanderesh. So what does that mean for, for scoring? What we mean, what it looks like it means is we got a whole bunch of LB threes here. Um, Mike Parsons had seven tackles. He, what we, we predicted he would be the most productive of this crew. And at least after one night, he was, he had seven <laughs> tackles. Yeah. Well, wasn't hard to get that one right. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, his partner in crime, Keanu Neal kind of was, was came in second place with six tackles. Um, Jalen Smith had four and Leighton Van Der Esch ha- just had two. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, that is exactly what we expected to have happen. There's not a, a, a true leader out there because we just, I don't see any of these guys hitting a hundred tackles unless as the season progresses, Micah Parsons becomes more of a mainstay and he just doesn't lead the field. But as of now, uh, that's not what we saw. Now 
you know, uh, Thomas and I will talk a lot about how an offense and and how they uh, uh, elect to attack a defense can really skew the numbers. And what we saw from both sides of the ball was a heavy dosage of uh, attacking the cornerbacks. This was obviously a very heavily um, passed game. Um, uh, Dak Prescott had over 400 yards, and uh, Tom Brady had well over 300, pushing 400. So mostly a passing game. Lots of lots of the tackle production went to our our cornerbacks. What do you see in the secondary, and and why, Thomas? Well, first of all, you just touched on it by saying that these two teams both passed a boatload. Dak Prescott threw 58 times, Brady threw 50. That means that that Dallas only ran the ball 18 times and Tampa Bay only ran it 14 times. So what they did is they went after the secondaries and he just threw all night long. And in the case of what you had just mentioned with Dallas with the linebackers, yes, Parsons and Neal benefited the most uh, statistically because of the fact that the uh, Tampa Bay threw 50 times. And well, Maybe the next time they play somebody, if they play a team like Baltimore or Seattle, then all of a sudden they're going to run the ball more than they pass it. Well, then maybe um, Smith and LVE get more statistics than Neal and Parsons. Well, that's going to be the game you're going to play, I believe, all year long. Now, as far as the Tampa Bay secondary, uh, Sean Murphy bunting was the starting cornerback along with uh, Carlton Davis and Murphy Bunting injured his arm on a um, TD pass. He got it wedged between Antoine Winfield and uh, I believe it was C.D. Lamb or Cooper. I can't remember who it was that caught the TD. But the point being is that uh, Murphy Bunting suffered what looks like a pretty serious uh, arm injury. I don't know if it's a torn muscle or if it's a dislocated elbow. But uh, the arm looked awkward when he landed, and he left the game, never returned, and it looks like he could be out for a while. And that's huge for this this T- Tampa Bay defense because if there's a vulnerability on this team, it's going to be their secondary, and most uh, particularly the corners because you you have you know a stud in Antoine Winfield at safety, and you do have a solid Jordan Whitehead, but he didn't play today, so. Um, Winfield was uh, was out there, but Whitehead wasn't. And then they lost Sean Murphy Bunting, and they brought in uh, Jamal Dean to play right cornerback while Ross Cockrell played the nickel. Now, Dallas targeted Dean more than they did Cockrell in the first half, and then they flipped it in the second half, and they attacked Cockrell in the second half. Now, Andrew Adams did come in in the second half and give them a little bit of stability, but it definitely showed um, when you look at the statistics that, you know, Dak Prescott had 403 yards and three touchdowns, throwing it, completing 42 of his 58 passes against this secondary. Now, Tampa Bay's front seven are brutal. They're they're huge, big, and they're physical players. You know, you've got Ndamukong Sue and Vita Vey pl- uh, plugging up that middle. You've got Barrett and JPP on the outsides bringing it. You've got Devin White and Levante David just sucking up the tackles. But it's these corners that are going to prove the up or down um, success that this defense has. And tonight, Dallas showed that it was kind of a weakness. Um, one thing that that did come through for us for for fantasy in the IDP world was 
Um, uh, like clockwork, Devin White and Levante David both had strong games. David David had 11 tackles and a pass defense. White had 10 tackles. Um, so good games for these guys. If you guys started both of these, I love it's it's been like this for a couple of years, uh, too many years. Um, but particularly this year, all the white, uh, all the love was given to White, um, particularly after his amazing season last year. I got Levante David for pennies on the dollar. Uh, all all draft season and uh, was happy to have him tonight, you know, racked up 11, you know, led led the team uh, in tackles and uh, was uh, was super, super cheap in in pretty much every draft I did. So uh, good to see those linebackers come through. Uh, we're expecting don't expect uh, these um, uh, these cornerbacks to soak up all of this production again. Going forward, a lot of this just had to do with the with the game script. So, uh, but right. overall, that that was a really fun game. Uh, it was good. It was a great way to start the season. Uh, but we have a, a lot more games coming up uh, on Sunday. Um, so we're going to move on to our news and notes section. This is pretty much where we're going to talk about some of our favorite matchups and uh, anything like that that might seem important heading into the into the season. And then we'll move on to our quick hits. You want to get us started off with some news and notes, Thomas? Sure. I, I think one of the uh, players I'm really keeping an eye on and liking this week is Miles Garrett. Uh, he's a really good play, even though he's playing Kansas City. Now I know, I know you're you're dealing with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, but you know if you look at Mahomes over the last two years, he was sacked 22 times last year and he was sacked 17 in 2019. Now this is evidence in the fact that Mahomes does a lot of scrambling. And he tends to run into sacks more often than he actually is a pocket, you know, passer and gets buried in a sack. So I think Garrett has a chance to account for at least one, maybe even two uh, against Kansas City um, when Mahomes starts to do that scrambling bit. So I'm liking Garrett as a play this week. I also like Vaughn Miller. Uh, he's somebody who uh, is a veteran who basically d- didn't play much of last season. Um, so now he's you know coming off an injury. We talked about this last week. Recency bias. A lot of a lot of players um, got drafted way too low. Uh, Vaughn Miller's a, a possible you know Hall of Famer. Uh, he's got a great matchup to start this year. Um, the Giants have one of the worst O lines heading into the season. Denver is also favored. Uh, as long as Teddy Bridgewater can keep that offense upright, there's a good chance Von Miller will have a lot of uh, opportunities here uh, to to take advantage of that. So Miller, uh, to me, is a pretty good play here. Also keeping in mind that often these veterans, by the end of the season, some of these older players uh, might not have the most spectacular numbers, but they tend to start strong because they're still fresh. Come week 12 and 13, uh, you know, they, they they may wear down a little bit. But for me, Vaughn Miller right out of the gate is, is a great matchup. Yeah, and, and you brought up the fact that the Giants have a really bad offensive line and they have an immobile quarterback in, in Jones. He's not really as mobile as you would think he is. Um, so he's, he's more of a pocket passer. So you, you're going to run into, you know, a, I wouldn't say a moving target, but you're going to, you're going to get somebody who's stationary more often than not. And that's exactly what Miller needs now leaning towards another rush edge rushing linebacker. Brian Burns is a good play this week because 
um, he too has a good matchup against a rookie corner uh, quarterback. Now the, the jets have an offensive line that they have improved um, and, and made improvements with, but they're, they are playing with a rookie quarterback and we don't know, we haven't seen him in game action against top defense for a whole game. So we don't know if he's going to get happy feet or he'll leave the pocket more often than not. But, Burns had seven and a half sacks and nine sacks in his in his first two seasons in the NFL. So we we like him to close in on double digits, and this is one of the games that he could get at least a sack. Um, another play, we're going to move on to some linebackers here that I like. I like both Zaven Collins and Isaiah Simmons this week. First of all, it'll just be fun to watch these two uh, young emerging players play together. Let's see how they line up. Um, uh, Collins is wearing the green dot, so he should be on the field 100% of the snaps. We're also expecting Simmons to be on the field for 100% of the snaps as well. So, uh, But they got a really good matchup. This is a very run-heavy team. The Titans have finished in the top 10. Sorry, excuse me. The Titans have t- finished in the top five in um, uh, run-pass ratio. They run the ball om- more than almost any team for the last four seasons in a row. So just because they finished as the, the third best um, – rushing uh, uh, run pass ratio team last year uh, you might think well yeah that was just one season but this offense this offensive identity is built around the run and we've seen this consistently they finished third last year I think fifth the year before that and second the year before that in uh, the run pass ratio so what that leaves us is there's a whole bunch of opportunity here for for uh, these young linebackers last year the Titans averaged 23 tackles uh, to linebackers last season. So if you split most of those up between Collins and Simmons, they both have a chance to put up numbers we saw today with um, uh, our uh, Devin White and Levante David. They may they may both end up with double digits, if not if not double digits for both of them, likely one of them, and then the other should be somewhere in that seven to nine range. Staying in the linebacker cores, um, Kansas City's Willie Gay obviously is undesignated to return IR. So he'll miss the first three games. It looks like Nick Bolton and Ben Neiman are going to split the snaps, but it seems like the Chiefs want to get a better look or, or a longer look at Bolton, and it seems he'll be um, uh, he'll see more snaps, especially if he performs well early. So even though Neiman might start uh, with Anthony Hitchens, uh, it'll be Bolton who probably sees more snaps, and even more so if if he does well. Speaking of snaps and linebackers, I'm going to list off a handful of linebackers that both myself and Thomas are going to be watching carefully. We picked up a lot of stuff in the preseason, but just as tonight, you know, we have our theories on what we think will happen with linebacker rotations. Now, we were right tonight with with Dallas, but to me, that was one of the easier calls. Yeah, they, they were not remotely hiding this from anyone. They were. No. They were running it in camp constantly. So, uh, but we do have some players that we are either higher or lower on based on what we think will happen. Um, and so these are some players that we are going to be watching carefully this week. Uh, Logan Wilson in Cincinnati, Anthony Walker in Cleveland. These are supposed to be their every down linebackers. Are they out there for every down? Are they productive? Uh, now they don't have to get, you know, double, they don't have to get 12 tackles to be productive. If they get anywhere in, you know, seven and above, we'll, we'll think we're off to a pretty good start here with them. Damien Wilson, how does he fit in Jacksonville? Does he just completely take over that? Joe Schobert role. Remember, they have a brand new head coach, a brand new defensive coordinator 
It's not you can't just uh, automatically assume Damian Wilson's going to put up the numbers that Joe Schobert will put up. So we want to see how Wilson does. Also, Deion Jones over in Atlanta. Uh, we know that 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 uh, Falcons are trying to get Michael Walker on the field a little bit. Jones had a little bit of a backslide season last year. Uh, it was Foye Luakon who was uh, kind of the more productive of the two. Does Jones actually see um, some time on the bench in favor of Michael Walker? Or um, Because a lot of beat writers are trying to figure this out too. Uh, our guess is that Jones will be on the field for every snap and will continue to be productive, but it's something we want to lay eyes on. Chris Barnes out in uh, Green Bay. Uh, this should be his first chance to, to be the every-down linebacker there. Does he turn into a Blake Martinez where all of a sudden he's putting up 120, 140 tackles a year? Uh, we want to get to uh, have have an idea of what that's going to look like coming out of the gate. Jordan Brooks from Seattle, he's taking over that K.J. Wright role. Remember, Brooks was a first-round pick for Seattle, which is a rarity. Normally, Seattle um, um, uh, trades out of the first round. So now Brooks is next to uh, aging veteran um, – uh, Bobby Wagner. Thank you. I always say KJ Wright again. Uh, so so how will Brooks look there? Will he be a, a reliable LB3, maybe even LB2 the way KJ Wright was? Also, Jermaine Carter in Carolina. They moved on from Denzel Perriam. And is he going to be a force in the middle there next to Shaq Thompson? They aren't thrilled with Shaq Thompson. So does Carter really take over this defense? Or is he just a, you know, just a kind of solid six to eight tackle guy? And then finally for Washington, does Cole Holcomb really hang on to this three down roll there. Uh, and then there's kind of a Bostic, John Bostic and Jamin Davis split next to him. Or does Holcomb end up losing snaps to, to Davis uh, out of the gate? And do we get some sort of ugly rotation? These are things I'm going to keep an eye on. Yeah. And, and also Daryl Taylor in Seattle could have an effect on Jordan Brooks because they're seeing Taylor as um, more of an edge rushing uh, linebacker for them. So it, Brooks could turn into more of a KJ Wright role for Seattle. And speaking of KJ Wright, I mean, that whole Raiders linebacking core is really messed up when you consider the fact that uh, Nicholas Morrow went on designated to return IR. Tanner Muse got cut. So you've got, you know, Littleton and you've got Wright and you've got Perryman, you know, who and Kwiatkowski, who knows who's going to play. And, and the key to all these linebackers is like you said, it's not, don't expect huge numbers out of these guys right out of the gate. The key and the focus should be on their snap count. If they're getting high snap counts, anything over 80, 85% of the snaps, that means that, that even if they didn't do that well statistically in this game, they're going to see the field a lot. And when you play on the, when you play a lot of snaps, that tends to give you a lot more fantasy statistics. Now, another linebacker we we're going to keep an eye on is in uh, Chicago, and this is a Sunday night game. Um, Danny Trevathan landed on designated to return IR, is out for the first three weeks. We have been talking about Alec Ogletree, the, you know, seasoned veteran, being in insurance policy on both Trevathan and Roquan Smith. Well, Ogletree is going to start week one right next to Roquan Smith, and if Roquan Smith uh, has any issues and is unable to be the go-to linebacker on opening day, then Ogletree could get 75 to 80 of the uh, percent of the snaps. And and that that's huge when you consider that Ogletree was kind of an, you know, lost thought for, for most of the preseason. And then all of a sudden near the end of the preseason, we started seeing him playing a lot. So he's somebody we're definitely going to keep an eye on as well. 
Moving on to DBs, here's some DBs that I'm going to be paying attention to. A similar thing in terms of, um, you know, playing time. Uh, some Most of these will be on the field for 100% of the snaps, but one game is not really enough to, to solidify this, but we will be looking for alignment. Um, how do these safeties kind of get moved around? Uh, configuring your secondary and in particular how your safeties are are used that's a much harder thing to see um or to try and pick up from training camp uh even these preseason games where you know very few snaps for starters across the board so linebackers are a little bit easier to um to uh pull together Defensive backs, however, are it can be a huge pain in the butt. So, um, Jeremy Chin, there was talk that he'd play a lot more free safety or, or play deeper. Uh, he started the preseason playing deeper. In the last game, he played closer to the box. How does that look now that the season is here? Landon Collins, um, we we when we had Doctor Edwin Porras on, we discussed how Collins may have lot you know with the Achilles injury, his first step that very you know that that quick trip. Uh, quick twitch uh, first step might not be there for him. Do they um, protect that by putting him farther away from the line of scrimmage? We saw a little bit of that in preseason. And with Cameron Curl there, they may elect to, whether or not they, they probably won't play Collins deep uh, uh, exclusively, but as opposed to having him be more of an exclusive box player, they may they may rotate those guys out. I want to I would definitely want to be able to put eyes on that. Tracy Walker, does he have this um, bounce back season that we're expecting him to have now that Matt Patricia's there, not there in Detroit? Walker was a force to be reckoned with a couple of years ago before Patricia tried he to get his hands too, on him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get too cute with that entire defense. Do they put Walker right back in a position for him to succeed? In which case, uh, he's one of our sleepers. Daniel Sorensen for for Kansas City, which we're going to get into in just a little bit. There's a whole mess there now, but Sorensen is one of my favorite plays this week, which which Thomas, I think, is going to address in a little bit, but um, Sorensen was a part-time player for a while. They expected Juan Thornhill to take over uh, the second safety role there, but Thornhill has not been that player for them. Sorensen uh, had much more fantasy value last year than people realized and he i believe has more fantasy value this year because instead of kind of rotating between three three safeties he's been the starter at strong safety for the entire preseason with one thornhill only showing up on on you know uh, big dime situations so is that going to translate here in these first couple of games and then finally what are they going to do with anthony harris and rodney mcleod in philadelphia that's going to be a fun two safety set to watch yeah, McLeod has been dealing with a knee uh, a knee issue that's had him limited all week. So that's something you're going to want to keep an eye on going into Friday's uh, practice report and going into Sunday. Uh, it looks like he's going to start and play, but uh, just know that he's been limited. So you know, and Sorensen at first we thought Thornhill was going to was maybe he's injured and and is isn't bouncing back and but there he's not on any injury reports he's just being outplayed by Sorensen and and I can see Sorensen having a big day now we'll get into injuries and talk a little bit uh, more about Sorensen when we when we get to injury reports a little bit later uh, I want to talk about one last linebacker, and and we've been talking about him in our pad, podcast all summer, and that's Alex Singleton, and he's in store for a really solid game on the road against Atlanta. But you have to be leery with Singleton in this one because if the Eagles jump out to a big lead, 
then Atlanta is going to throw the ball a ton, especially with the fact they don't have a real solid running game. They do have big Mike Davis, and they, they, they will try and run the ball somewhat. But if Atlanta falls behind, Matt Ryan is not adverse to t- turning loose and throwing 40, 45 times. So Singleton should have a, a really solid game if they – if the Eagles jump out to a big lead, Singleton's numbers might drop a tiny bit. Uh, but again, Singleton's somebody we sh- we like in uh, the week one. Uh, let's move on to our quick hits. Uh, as always, Thomas, I defer to you. Well, let's start off with the the first thing you everybody needs to know. And when you have a home game on opening day, there's a lot of fanfare. There's a lot of... Um, a lot of special moments and, and special feels, and it's really hard for a, a road team to come in and perform well and take away a win on the road in on opening day. Well, Green Bay and New Orleans are now playing in Jacksonville and not in New Orleans. So even though New Orleans is the home team, they're not getting a home game because of the hurricane that went roaring through New Orleans recently. So with Hurricane Ida moving the game to Jacksonville, that's that's pretty important to note that Aaron Rodgers is playing a road game, but it's not in New Orleans. Yeah, there's some interesting things that have come out about that. You know, New Orleans picked Jacksonville for a, a lot of reasons. One of them was that it would be uh, a very hot and humid environment for um for Aaron Rodgers, which he which he has traditionally not done well, and I think he still has a winning record in in hot temperatures, but it's certainly not um, you know is a pretty big disparity be- between his numbers. So I'm sure they were trying to put uh, him at a disadvantage there. Also, uh, they've done whatever they could to make. Uh, apparently, it's um, it's really expensive to fly from Green Bay to Jacksonville that this weekend. <laughs> so they somehow even got the uh, the airlines in on it. So uh, they're, they're New Orleans is doing their best to make it somehow feel like a home game. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you just mentioned the weather and everything. Uh, let's be honest about it before you go on to your uh, next move here. Um, the fans are, are finding it hard to get from Wisconsin to, you know, from Milwaukee or Green Bay, rather, to Jacksonville. And like you just said, because of the airline situation. So they're they're hoping that the, the team's fans that travel won't be able to travel as easily. And, and the temperature is going to be up 87, 88, maybe even close to 90. So one of the... Uh probably the the most obvious calls on the planet. Uh, I still have to make it just because it, it, he's in such a good spot, which always uh, jinx us every time this happens. But it's really hard not to like Aaron Donald this week. Not only are the Rams – first of all, he's the best player in the NFL, so of course you're going to like him. Not, But his Rams are heavily favored this weekend against Chicago – and Chicago's O line is 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 in in really poor condition right now. Um, and Andy Dalton, uh, who will be starting for them, uh, is not exactly fleet of foot. Um, so there is a good chance that Aaron Donald is just going to have an absolute field day. Now in Minnesota, we have Daniel Hunter is going to be slated to play his first game since Week 16 of 2019. So it's going to be interesting to see if they put him on a snap count. If they, you know, I, I personally think that they'll um, they'll let him go um, uh, at least fifty percent of the snaps or close to it, especially when you consider that Joe Burrow is is he's I wouldn't say he's hurt but he's dinged up, so 
this could be a, a, a day where Hunter shows his true value for this Minnesota Vikings defensive line. Safety out of speaking of Jacksonville, even though they're not in Jacksonville uh, this week, uh, safety Rayshon Jenkins out in Jacksonville. I think he's quietly in line for a lot of production. He's one of the last safeties they've got standing there. They they released Josh Jones and Jared Wilson, uh, two of the players that played heavily last year. They're down to Andrew Wingard, uh, Rayshon Jenkins, who I think Jenkins will be in position to be the more productive of the two safeties there. They do have rookie uh, Andre Cisco, but uh, the report so far is that um, he's still not quite ready for prime time. I think he'll probably still see the field some, but uh, Jenkins uh, uh, has some pretty sneaky upside this week, and he's kind of uh, off of most people's radars. Yeah, and there's also Daniel Thomas, who was a COVID sit-out last year. Uh, he's back with them as well. So, um, But none of these names that we've mentioned are really going to most likely unseat Jenkins. You know, and, and, and I Everybody out there knows that when I come to projections, especially when you and I work on the projections, I feel that DBs are a dime a dozen because one week um, somebody will will post you 10 total tackles and the next, next week he disappears and, and has one assist. And, and this is what you're up against when you are, are looking for consistent, regular defensive backs. Jenkins could fit that mold in, in – not that he's a stud, but because of the fact that he's playing on a Jacksonville team that really needs him in that position. Now, speaking of COVID in in, in this particular case, uh, injuries and COVID, um, I, and projections, I would love to play CG uh, CJ Mosley a lot higher in the in the projections this week. But you and I have been talking about this all summer, and and, and we're we're concerned that he may take just. 80 to 85, maybe even 90% of the snaps in his first game since week two of 2019. It's his first game back, and, and he hasn't played a full game in almost two years. So we're not we're a little bit concerned that they may, you know, I, I wouldn't say put him on a snap count, but definitely uh, take it easy with him in his first game back. So we're, we're, that's the reason why you don't see Mosley as uh, much higher in the projections. You even saw it tonight if you were able to watch the game. It's a night game, um, so the weather is a little bit cooler, obviously. Uh, but even that, you know, you heard Chris Collinsworth on the broadcast talk about this is the first time most of these people have played an actual full speed, full football game um, all you know all off season. You know, because they, right. they did their best to rest their players. So we saw players getting gassed. We saw players coming off the field more often than not. So Mosley is it's not like he didn't um he just hasn't played football in six months. He hasn't played football in, in two, two years. years. <laughs> right. Um and the Jets aren't at home. They're down in Carolina. Uh so uh likely to be a, a little bit um a, a little bit uh uh toastier down there. So yeah, I, it would be smart of them to make sure that Mosley doesn't gas out or, you know, uh, pull a you know pull a soft tissue injury uh, trying to overexert himself from not really going full speed for this long. So I agree with that. Um, I want to we had mentioned a couple of linebackers and uh, defensive backs that we had our eyes on uh, some 
pass rushers that uh, that I'm looking at this week uh, that I think have some sneaky upside. Although, regardless of what they do in one game, it'll be a little hard to tell. Uh, but uh, these are ones I'll be watching closely. Um, Bud Dupree, he's now over in Tennessee. Now, of course, he benefited greatly from having T.J. Watt across from him in Pittsburgh. However, uh, the uh, you know what Pittsburgh discovered, and I'd mentioned this before on a couple of podcasts, was Dupree is better off of one side than the other. Uh, and they elected to to Pittsburgh elected to to use Dupree there, and he was really effective, not just because of T.J. Watt. So Dupree might do well in do better in Tennessee than a lot of people think he will. Also, Chandler Jones is somehow the forgotten man. He just had you know twenty sacks like two years okay. ago. Uh, so and um, and his his injury last year wasn't some sort of ACL tear or, or Achilles or anything. It was I think it was a biceps injury. So Chandler Jones will be I think uh, out for blood this week. Don't be surprised if he doesn't uh, kind of ball out. I'm really interested to watch Matt Judon uh, in New England. He came over from Baltimore, and all reports through the offseason has been that Judon is really fit well in the scheme is just kind of balling out. Um, and uh, I, I know Thomas, you have uh, somebody speaking of. Bud Dupree that you got your eye on this week. Yeah. Somebody that, that could have a good game is Alex Highsmith with Pittsburgh. We've been up and down with, with Highsmith, especially after uh, Pittsburgh went out and got Melvin Ingram and a little bit more so this week because of the fact that um, he's dealing with a groin injury, was limited in practice on Wednesday and did not practice today, uh, Thursday. So you're going to have to be careful on on Highsmith if if he's at full strength, then he could definitely be uh, you know somebody that uh, will join this list of pass rushers that have sneaky upside. But keep an eye on that one. If you're excited about this Sunday, finally getting to uh, prop up on your couch and just watch some football, I want to invite you to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 of guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1 and has already awarded over $4 million. Our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive fantasy, fantasy picks each week on the site. If you've been following Fantasy Points, both uh, Tom Brawley and John Hansen got on the radio this morning. They laid out all their prop bets for uh, tonight's um, Tampa Bay game and I'm pretty sure every single one of them hit. They, uh, they're off to a great start. So if you're in, into um, player props, watch what we're pulling together for Thrive Fantasies. So far, it's been a great partnership. New users can use promo code Fantasy Points when you sign up, and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Tune in to Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today. And let's move on now to our notable injuries, waivers, and trades. Yeah, um, TJ Watt signed a massive contract extension. Becomes, I believe, the highest paid defender in the NFL. 
Um, he ignored his agent's advice to hold out for more money, and he walked into the uh, Rooney's office and said, uh, we have a deal, and then left for practice. I mean, <laughs> I love it. I mean, the old-fashioned way. Yes, nobody wants to tip their hands and, and go in there and, and say, hey, let's, you know, let's haggle this out. But this was pretty much, hey, you – I deserve this money. They looked at him and said, yes, you do. And half the team, including Ben Roethlisberger, um, publicly came out and said, give him the money. And, well, they gave him the money. <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, um, from Rounders, uh, pay that man his money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah he, it, it was time for Watt to get paid. I, I really like, uh, you know, sometimes you might worry that, that a, a player who signs a massive contract just gets to kind of kick back and not really work as hard. But to see the way Watt handled that made it clear that, uh, first of all, he's been, he's been staying in shape. He started to practice before the deal was done. And he basically said, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, that's plenty of money. I wanted He wanted guaranteed money beyond the first year. And he got guaranteed money for the next three years. Um, uh, a huge pay increase. But he stopped there and said, okay, that's enough. What I really want to do is get out there and play football. So I believe he'll stay motivated, and we're going to have a, a pretty big season out of him this year. You know, and, and you mentioned that he, he practiced and was with the team even though he was going through the negotiations. Well, same thing happened in Seattle with Quadri Diggs. Quadri Diggs um, was a hold in, not a hold out. Same thing with Dwayne Brown, their offensive tackle. And that's a good sign when you have a player that, that hold in and actually shows up. And in their case, they didn't necessarily practice with the pads on, but they were there for all the meetings and all the practices. And, and they pretty much um, they moved money around for him, um, giving him guaranteed money up front. Uh, and basically there was a hundred and I believe it was a hundred or 125,000 um, was a bonus for him if he stayed healthy. Well, that became guaranteed money. They shifted his money around basically to help with the cap and also to give him more guaranteed money up front this year. Now, moving on with, with some of the injuries that, that could affect your fantasy play this week, uh, Star Lotulele in uh, DT required leagues, he missed practice today uh, due or some practices he's missed due to a calf injury, and he's questionable. Marcus Allen definitively tore his ACL. Excuse me, Marcus Peters definitively. I'm having a flashback to an old Raiders and Kansas City <laughs> chief running back. That's right. Marcus Peters tore his ACL and is done for the year. Unbelievable. That team is just – they lost J.K. Dobbins. They lost Gus Edwards. All to injuries, you know, torn ACLs. They lost today. They lost Edwards and Peters alone. So to move on, um, Zadarius Smith in Green Bay, he continues to deal with a back issue and is questionable for the season opener. Jadavian Clowney has missed practice time uh, due, due to illness, so he's questionable. Anthony uh, Barr from Minnesota, he may not practice much this week, if at all. Uh, he's questionable with a knee injury. Bradley Chubb missed practice on Wednesday, but did return on a limited basis on Thursday due to an ankle injury. He's still questionable. And, you know, he had that off-field issues where he was detained because he didn't show up for, I think it was traffic violation, court appearances, and they detained him. And then he showed back up on practice Monday, missed practice Wednesday, but did practice on a limited basis on Thursday. So keep an eye on that. 
Um, Marcellus Whitney, grade one hamstring strain, uh, limited in practice. He's questionable. The Patriots put Stefan Gilmore on the PUP list and after uh, he's re- rehabbing a torn quad surgery. Um, he'll miss the first six weeks. And Seattle put Trey Brown, their rookie cornerback, uh, on designated to return IR with a knee injury. Um, speaking of uh, Trey, another Trey, Herndon on Jacksonville, has yet to practice this week and, and looks like he's been ruled out with a knee injury. Then there's Tyran Matthew. Um, it appears that Matthew has uh, yet to clear COVID protocol to play on Sunday, and time is definitely running out for him. Now, we've heard multiple things back and forth uh, that he passed the test and he didn't pass the test. And right now, what we know and what we've heard officially is that he's still in COVID protocol and has to have two negative tests to in order to play on Sunday. Now, this brings us back to what we were talking about with Daniel Sorensen. Sorensen is now not only a starter, but if Matthew's not out there, Sorensen becomes the leader of that secondary at safety. Then, yes, Juan Thornhill will probably get some more playing time if Matthew is out, but Sorensen will be the one that will take over uh, Matthew's role. Any thoughts on that? Well, I just think that uh, we were already um, high on Sorensen, and we already think Sorensen is a sneaky play to the point that even in some fairly deep leagues, you might be surprised to find Daniel Sorensen on the waiver wire. Uh, if you play in a fairly shallow league and you grab Tyron Matthew, this isn't a, a you know, <laughs> you think of it like a, a, a running back handcuff, but if Ma- even if Matthew's out there, but let's, let's, you know, he's, Matthew's really going to have to uh, turn a corner here pretty quickly to get this to happen. But if Matthew doesn't play, Sorensen is a great replacement for him because um, Sorensen was already in line to produce a bunch of. Remember that with Willie Gay out um, uh, in terms of uh, their linebacking core, uh, we saw Sorensen play a ton of linebacker mm-hmm. or you know kind of in the box dime linebacker um, uh, role there. So I believe Sorensen would be in for a pretty solid game, and he's likely out on waiver wires for you. And even if Matthew does play, I mean he hasn't practiced all all week, so. He, what kind of shape he can be in right now is, is uh, again, we've talked about how these players haven't been playing uh, much this summer except for in their practices, and they've been in and out of the practices. So they could get winded and, and be uh, conditional-wise be a concern, especially for Matthew uh, coming off of uh, pro- COVID protocol. Uh, move on to some waiver news. Uh, we, we know that Bernardrick McKinney got released by um, Miami, and it looks like a Landon Roberts and Jerome Baker are going to be the starting inside linebackers for them. Uh, Will Parks was a safety that Kansas City had, but they released him. Um, I don't see, even if Matthew isn't playing, I don't see Parks coming back. Uh, so don't be worried about uh, Will Parks coming in and, and taking snaps away from Sorensen and, and even Matthew if he plays. Um the Saints, they 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 went out and signed Desmond Trufant on Monday to compete for the starting job. Then they turned around a few days, uh, a little while later, and they traded with Houston for Bradley Roby, who obviously is on a one-game suspension and won't play this week. 
But all of a sudden now, he sl- looks like he's slated to be the starter. And Trufon, who came in to compete as the starter, is now competing for a nickel role. Crazy stuff going on with so much, so many secondary injuries, uh, whether they be season end- ending or these kind of like last second trades. Uh, we we spent all this time <laughs> trying to get these defenses completely locked up. We knew exactly who was going to be left corner, exactly what was going to happen in the secondary, or you know at least as as much as we could. And then if our computers were made of paper, we would just ball them up right now and throw them in the trash can. And sometime around week four, we'll have some idea of, of what the hell's going on out there. So wish us luck this, um, uh, this week in terms of trying to figure out what's going on with all of these secondaries, but uh, tune in next week to find out uh, what's going to happen in the, in the uh, next thrilling episode of what the hell's going on in the secondary? <laughs> Another question I have for you, uh, Thomas, is what is Monkey Knife Fight? Well, it's funny that you, I should ask that own question to myself. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet. It's a daily fantasy sports operator um, that offers a unique style of pra- player props. One of the things we really love about Monkey Knife Fight is that you simply don't have to spend all day analyzing salaries to create that one lineup that finally makes you a millionaire like other sites. The third biggest operator in DFS, it offers all the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, and constantly adds new sports to the mix to help keep things fresh for their more than 200,000 users. Case in point, college football is coming in the fall of 2021, which it is currently right now. And we've heard rumblings of bowling, tennis, maybe even fishing. So this is how it works. If you pick a sport, you select a game matchup, and you pick one of three fantasy contests, either more or less, rapid fire, or stat shootout. Then you choose your buy-in. New users can use code FANTASYPTS, FANTASYPTS, to claim an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. New users also receive a free $5 just for signing up. So head over to www.monkeyknifefight.com and download the app on the App Store or Play Store. You can also find out more information on the Fantasy Points homepage. And now to uh, we're going to turn the corner here and head home. We always like to reach out to our Discord uh, users. Um, if you're a premium subscriber at, on, at fantasypoints.com, you have uh, access to our Discord app where you can ask anyone, myself, uh, Thomas, John Hansen, Graham Barfield, you name it. Uh, great, uh, great betting stuff going on there with Tom Brawley, uh, who really um, kind of hit some home runs this week. And uh, on top of that, we actually have this great new um, news section of the app that just completely just keeps firing off uh, the most important injury news and updates. So as soon as Gus Edwards went down, as soon as um, we were getting these information about uh, players being injured, uh, what's going on with Austin Eckler, you don't have to do a thing. You don't have to log on to a site. You just look at your phone and boom, they all pop up and it's easy to tell exactly where everything is heading into this weekend. That's all the things that the Discord app can do for you if you are a Fantasy Points Premium subscriber. Um, And so what we like to do is reach out to our Discord um, users and try to get a few questions to wrap up. We have one question. This comes from Vekas07. His question was, Jordan Fuller, uh, is he wearing the green dot, and is he a potential 100-tackle candidate? Thomas, what are your thoughts? Uh, Yes, he is wearing the green dot, which is a very clear indication that Fuller will see the the field a super ton. 
Um, now, if you go by his numbers last year, uh, he played just 12 games. And if you project those out to be 17 games, we're looking at about 85 tackles um, somewhere in that area. But he's now wearing the green dot, which means he, instead of seeing the field like 65 or 70% like he did last year with John Johnson in town, he's now going to see the field a heck of a lot more, 95 to even 100% of the snaps. So, yes, definite a candidate for um, uh, 100 total tackles, somewhere in the 100 probably to 110 or 115. Um, we also feel that he's a candidate for um, up to double-digit big plays, somewhere in the 10, 11, 12 total for the season. So, yeah, Jordan Fuller is somebody that we like um, going forward, and the answers to the question are, yes, he's wearing the green dot, and, yes, we do feel that he can um, achieve 110 total tackles or more. Last year, with uh, both, he had he was competing with both John Johnson and Taylor Rapp. So there was three safeties out there, and he was still, and like you said, average. He averaged what would have been eighty-five tackles uh, for the season had he played all three. I mean, you know, all sixteen all games. Right. Um, well, <laughs> number one, he should definitely. You know, he has even greater chance of hitting that number because obviously we're playing an extra game. So, but if we just put that part aside because everyone's playing an extra game, let's look at what John Johnson did last year. John Johnson, who was also competing with Fuller and Rap, posted 105 tackles. 73 of them were solo last year. Also had eight pass defense, an interception, a couple tackles for loss. And when Johnson played a full season, two seasons before that, he had 119 tackles and 11 pass defense, three tackles for loss. So even if uh, Fuller doesn't hit those numbers. He still has a really good chance of, you know, even if he just comes in a little under that, but he has, he has far less tackle competition this year back there. Uh, I think he, I think on the low end, he's going to hit 80 to 90 tackles. That's a conservative number. Um, I don't see him hitting 120 or 130, but I think anywhere between 90 to 105 tackles is a good place for him. So yeah, he's a great guy to pick up if he's still out there and you're, and you don't feel like you have a ton of confidence in your safeties. And particularly after all the stuff we just talked about, the, the chaos that is every secondary at the moment, <laughs> please, for the love of God, hey, <laughs> hang on to any safety that might have a, have a reliable low. Any DB. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up for us. Thank you guys for listening to the IDP Corner. We'll be doing this every Thursday night throughout the season as soon as the um, – uh, Thursday night football game is over. Myself and Thomas are going to hop on and uh, kind of set us up for the uh, for the week. Uh, if you are a fantasypoints.com subscriber, please hop onto that Discord app and send us any questions you have. Uh, and really for everyone, good luck this week. It's uh, We finally get to see some football. Uh, I'm so sick of having to report on training camp. I'm happy to see <laughs> some actual football. Thomas, take us out. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.